Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. We're in a new setting tonight. We're out of our natural environment, our we natural are. habitat, and trying to record on the road. We are. And by on the road, Sheldon means my parents' house <laughs> because um, Kayla and I are house-sitting for my parents because my grandmother lives with them. And we're just here hanging out in case she needs anything. She's very independent still, so it's not like we're having to babysit her, literally. Um, so, but we're just here hanging out for literally like two and a half weeks. So. The things that have changed is we're recording into a laptop. Yes. And through our old interface. And somehow we managed to have a country music station in my right monitor. Yeah. So. And hopefully that's not coming through the actual yeah, it's okay. podcast. But also, if anybody knows out there how to load templates from GarageBand to GarageBand on a different device... Please tell me. I tried like five or six different ways to get it over here. None of them were successful. So we're just going dry and then I'm going to try to fix it all after this, the fact. This is not a tech podcast no, <laughs> at all. But no. I was I was trying today to pair a Android device with my Apple device <sighs> through Bluetooth to see if it would work. And they don't talk to each they other. They don't like, like each other. It, it comes up and it says, hey, make sure this number appears on the screen and the other one. And you hit OK on both of them. And, and the... Android one says paired, and the Apple one says not connected. <laughs> <laughs> and it is probably on the Apple side. I'll 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 take that as Apple's reality. Like, but no, you're not. We you don't, think you're paired. We don't want to touch that. Not. We don't want to touch that. <laughs> yeah, My me and goodness. Jess were just talking about that today because she's like, I wish that, and this kind of dovetails into what we're talking about today. I wish that the Android thing was true. That all this freedom could be had to develop your own apps and download all these things from all these different sources, and it was on a stable and secure platform. I wish all of that was true, and I wish it was like a user-friendly experience, but I have had an Android device for a good eight, nine months now, yeah. and uh, I had a work phone that was an Android, yeah. and they finally got me an Apple one, and it... I'm so glad to be home. <laughs> it's like it's been the happiest experience of my weekend is readjusting back to the Apple space. I, yes. I wish it were true. I wanted to love the galaxy. And then when the pictures, the colors weren't exactly the same, I'm like, ooh, this bothers me. So I pull up an Instagram photo and I'd have it on my Apple device. I have it on my Android device and I would try to get the colors to match. I'd go in and even adjust the RGB. Oh, and yeah, like, oh yeah. You can control all this stuff in, in Android and it never, you never got close. Now, Google Pixel, maybe, but. I'm convinced that, that, Android operating systems are made for people who need control, even if they don't actually have it. <laughs> like they want to be able to move well, dials yeah, and switches. That's the other thing that inform them that they're they changing they want something. Control, but when I download apps onto a Galaxy, they'll be sending me random notifications unless I remember to go in and turn the notifications off. Yeah, 
on the Apple device, when you download a new app, the first time you open it, it says, oh, by the way, uh, this this new app that you downloaded would like to send you these notifications. Are you cool with that? And you're like, nah, no, I'd rather not hear from it ever exactly. again. I just want to interact with it on my own terms. And Apple's like, okay, great. We'll tell it to shut up. Yes. But the Android one, it's like, well, now it's into 17 different apps. It's taken <laughs> over your whole platform and it's going to communicate with you in these annoying ways. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you might think you have control, but you really don't. You really don't. It, it just, it's, it's just worse yeah all the yeah. way around yeah now it's we'll just our opinion mail. it's just our opinion but it's true it, it, sorry brian thompson <laughs> oh my goodness but you're the one freak musician who likes pc and android i don't know what's I, wrong i, with I you. actually don't have a problem with pc or even windows 10 like i, I do from a, i do from a creative it. perspective like it. like it it does not do any of the creative things in terms of music or photos really well at all Anyway, that has nothing to do with this nothing podcast. Nothing to do. Barely. And that's not even our did you know. But I guess it could be a did you know that Sheldon is back <laughs> among the land of Yay, the living. I'm so happy. Yes. But my did you know has to do with an everyday feminine hygiene product. Oh, no. Yes. Did you know that tampons, as we know them, were developed for battlefield wounds? I knew that they worked well for wounds. I was just yeah. going to say that I knew that they they were found in first aid kits yeah. and you can use them for wounds, but I didn't know that's what they were originally yes. developed for. Back in the 1700s, they were developed by, I believe, the French military back when they were still developing things. This makes so much sense. <laughs> for bullet wounds. Okay. Um, and as a side note, they ended up finding that they could be used for other things, obviously. Um I did do some reading. There have been various iterations of this throughout history, women using different formats of things. But the, as we know it now, the cotton, what it is, that was literally developed for the battlefield and just happened to find an alternative use. As so many of the things we use every day actually were developed on the battlefield. Yeah. Microwaves. Like Velcro was a NASA invention. Yeah. That's uh, not battlefield. but Right. Right. Microwaves, yeah. Microwaves. It was an accident. Microwaves were accidental. Cell phones. Discovery. I mean, it's all radio waves, cell phones. I mean, all of it. So much of it. But anyway, there you go. Absolutely. That's my did you know. Tampons. Good what for battle wounds. Oh, never mind. That was a whole bunny trail. Well, they're brain, actually, honestly, though, they're actually, it is a good idea to keep a few of those in a first aid kit or if you have like a go bag or something like that because they're actually sanitary items. Like they're yes. sealed. They're all those things. So they are really good things to they're have. They're sterile. They're sterile, yeah. So. By the way, the the country music that's in my monitor is a radio station because they've started talking now. Oh so no! This is good. I have voices in my ear. It's okay. <laughs> that are I'll try not, not to let them communicate with you guys. Oh my goodness! <laughs> in case you were getting conspiratorial, it's a good word. Speaking of conspiratorial, what are we talking about tonight? Um, we're talking about, and I don't know how we're going to title it. So you'll see the title before we have. It totally come up with it. Yeah, hopefully it'll <laughs> we'll make sense. We'll come up with it off the air. But, That's right. Um, the idea is stories that people wish were true and they aren't. Yes. So what inspired this, I was reading a C.S. Lewis quote that was in Mere Christianity. I've, I'm reading back through some C.S. Lewis stuff. Just bought me the almost the complete collection nice. for Christmas, which I do is love really C.S. Cool. Lewis. Um, and, oh, there it is. Yeah, there's the quote. He said this, and, and Mere Christianity is a book that w- is a collection of C.S. Lewis's radio mm-hmm. broadcasts. So it's pretty conversational and it should 
come across well in a podcast format. It says, uh, suppose one reads a story of filthy atrocities in the paper <laughs> or on Twitter. And not I put that on Twitter <laughs> or on Twitter. Then suppose that something that something turns up suggesting that the story might not be quite true or not quite as bad as it was made out. Is one's first feeling, thank God, they aren't even quite so bad as that? (laughs) Or is it a feeling of disappointment and even determination to cling to the first story for the sheer pleasure of thinking your enemies are as bad as possible? If it is the second, then I am afraid that the first step, that that is the first step in a process which, if followed to the end, will make us into devils. You see, the one, the, the one is beginning to wish that bad was a little badder. And if we gave that wish its head, later on we shall see gray as black and then white in itself as black. Finally, we shall insist on seeing everything, God, our friends, ourselves included, as bad and not be able to stop doing it. We shall be fixed forever in a universe of pure hatred. So he's saying that the underlying motive is hatred. When you hear a report about someone or something and you're like, whoa, that sounds really bad. It's a filthy atrocity. And you hear this in the paper. Oh, man, what a terrible thing. And then something else comes out that says, oh, it's not quite as terrible as we first supposed. Right. What is your reaction? Right. And it tells you a lot about who you are and what you are. And this has come up a couple different avenues. I'll, I'll give the first one. I've heard it said by people that were um, close to situations that were broadcast on a national level, that you don't believe the whole fake news narrative or that the media is corrupt or any of that until you're close to a national story. Then you're like, were they even reporting on the same thing that right. I was near? Um, this just happened. There was a, a plane crash near my parents' house and my dad was close to the people that were involved. And every news report, except for one major news outlet, got ev- almost everything wrong. Yeah. There was, there was one report that I read that I think every detail was wrong. And then they bring in a so-called expert that talked about this airplane. And they're like, well, and this is, this is what the expert said. Something along the lines of, well, it was a... It was a DC-3, and that plane was that plane was built in World War II, and it's very old. And so, you know, things don't last forever. There is bound to be something go wrong at some point, and they've been known to have problems. And it was a really cold day. So, I mean, compounding factors, I'm sure that was... Here's the problem. <laughs> Had anybody looked even closely, they would have known that the place that this plane was flying from was in the process of restoring this aircraft. Right. And it had been completely restored, gone over with a fine tooth comb. So the airframe itself was in better shape than it has ever been in. And the engines themselves were virtually brand new. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they had hours on or whatever. Right, I, right, I don't know course. all the details, but they are they were state-of-the-art turbine engines. They're not the the piston engines that were put on in 1942 that flew in D-Day. Right. You know, that's not what we're talking about. And so and and the other thing that he said there was also completely wrong that it was a cold day. Yes, it was a very bitterly cold day, but that's great if you're a pilot. 
mm. better lift. Yeah. But everything on the airplane, the, the fuel burns better. Everything about the aircraft loves cold, <laughs> cold, little bit of wind, you know, and, and cold air. That's perfect. What you don't want is a dead, still, hot, humid midsummer day. Yeah. That's awful. Yes. And, and anybody that's a pilot would know this, but they've dragged this expert out on ABC World News Tonight, <laughs> and this is, the, this is the stuff he spouts, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And towards the end of the ABC World News Tonight, they got into, and you know, the FAA is not even really investigating this crash because of the government shutdown. Dun, dun, oh, dun. my gosh. And I'm like, Except that's not, not even true close to all. true. Yeah. You guys don't know how the NTSB works. There's, you have no idea. If your reporters I, yeah. even had access to anyone that could do a Google search, they would have figured this out. But that's the thing. Is we've made the mistake of, of thinking that reporters are people who are smart. Uh, what reporters are today are people who are first. Yeah, there was a day, you know, back in your day of guys like Walter Cronkite, where they were actually, they had integrity, they were about actually informing people, and yeah. they were trustworthy in every sense. Um, not or so today. Or they tried to be. Not so today. They're, that they're, was the goal. Yeah, they're, and they had their own standard of ethics that they held, them, they held themselves to, even yeah. if somebody else didn't. You know, they held each other to. And, uh, and I'm sorry... That is long gone from journalism. That is non-existent from journalism. Uh, and it, is, it has changed drastically even in my lifetime. And we've talked about it. 9-11 yeah. was really the, the tipping point for all of this really changing in a very hard and fast way. Totally different than what it well, had been before Well, and getting that. news on your personal device so you had access to it faster. I yeah. remember during the 2000 election is the first time that like... Uh, news radio yeah. was broadcast in our house. Oh, like yeah. my dad always had like a music radio station on or, or like Christian radio or something. Yeah. And then, uh, during the 2000 election going into December, that was on every night because you got your news report at the top of the hour and right. at the bottom of the hour. Right. So it was on all the time, yep. or at least it would get turned on during those times yeah. and we would hear the news reports. That's how we got our news. Yeah. That was as quick as you could get it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, whole different whole different thing now, sadly. <laughs> I was reading an article that said, I would suggest that the Pulitzer Prize Committee should start giving out honors for journalistic restraint <laughs> mm. for the journalists that don't report stuff. <laughs> but the in many ways, these journalism prizes are themselves great examples of how our society has long rewarded erroneous or otherwise flawed social justice activism over accurate reason debates. Oh, man. If we were looking for accuracy, we should start rewarding the people that show restraint. Right. That right. don't rush to judgment. Right. And I've talked about it before, but one of the most amazing things I've ever seen was a, was a documentary about the Kennedy assassination from the perspective of Cronkite's news team. Yeah. And how... All these reports were flooding in and all these people. And of course, Cronkite, Cronkite was the guy in news and he wanted to be first, but he wanted to be right. And he kept sending people back. You know, they'd come back with a report. Oh, you know, the president's been shot, but he's fine. Connolly's dead or they're both dead or neither one's dead. And he would be like, OK, how do you know this? Who did you talk to? Tell me who your source was. And if yeah. and they weren't giving him good sources, like, well, I heard from so and so or it was reported. on. He's like, no, 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 no. 
who told you? Like, tell me who. I want to yeah. know. I want to know a doctor. I want to be able to talk to this person. Don't just give me something. He's like, tell me who it was. And he and he waited. He waited until he was right, and he was. <clears throat> he was in a yeah. amidst a flurry of panic and randomness. He was right and didn't have to worry about retractions or any of that crap. I think there's a lot of that happening today, where there's stories that we wish were true, yeah. but they aren't because they paint our enemies in a particular bad light. And it's, it's been happening a lot. I, I, I want to go back. I, was it Kamala Harris that said that the, the make America great again hat is the new KKK hood? Who said that first? I was trying to find it. It sounds like Kamala Harris. I'm sad to say, but I don't know if it was, I feel like it was her, Cory Booker. Yeah, it was a prominent Democrat said, well, the the Make America Great Again hat is the new KKK hood. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because it's not. It's the hat of the president of the United States. It's his campaign slogan on a hat. And he stood up there and he said that and he, he, he wore it himself. And okay, going back to when I first got interested in politics when I was in high school one of the things that I thought would be Oh no 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 I'm sorry I'm sorry it was it was Alyssa Milano on Trigger ah, on Twitter I mean Alyssa Milano yeah okay. who gets triggered so, by everything yes. all the time a celebrity not yes. not a democrat politician but unfortunately there's I'm a sorry. fine line between that back. between yeah. celebrity and politician these days but anyway yeah it was it was Alyssa Milano but I was I used to think that one of the one of the best political things that you could probably do at the time would be to come out with like when you're running your campaign come out with a logo that works yeah and that resonates with people and an article of clothing that a lot of people could wear right like it used to be a button but back when the Bush Gore thing was I'm like why don't we have a compelling like article of clothing that people could wear to identify with a candidate yeah. that you could buy? And I don't know why I never thought of a hat. Yeah. But that was it was always my thing where I was like, you could get really cool t-shirts. People will do anything for a t-shirt. You could <laughs> I mean, like how many votes could well, you get again, just by wearing a cool t-shirt the that funny was somewhat thing to me associated is that with your campaign? Is everybody freaks out about that slogan, but Make America Great Again is not a new... I mean, it's been used by Democrats. It, I, I, Kennedy used it as part of his initial Bill campaign. Bill Clinton used it. Bill Clinton used it. Uh, Ronald Reagan definitely used it. Like, it is not exclusive to Trump. It has been yeah. used many, many, many times. And and the fact that it became what it did once he was uh, running is just hilarious to me. Um, but this is the thing but that gets me. But it shows how... But what, what has come out... Sorry, I should let no. You. Go ahead. Uh, what what I was what I was thinking is there has been since that was said and it like got a lot of play. A lot of people have started talking about this. I've heard it all over the place that this is what it is now, and it's it's a way of vilifying people by association. So yeah. you say, okay, well that equals a KKK hood. So anybody that wears that yeah. is like the KKK. Well, that was the argument against a Confederate flag. Yeah, which has a close association because the Klan would wear both symbols. Right. They would wear a hood, and usually the Confederate flag was associated with things that they did. That connection was a lot more clear yeah. than what you're talking about. Somebody right. who was a Democrat until like 2010 or 2009, depending how you count, Right. and then he came out with a campaign slogan and he wore this hat. That means he's 
That means well, the same as being the KK. Here, I don't get here's it. Here's the thing. Here's but the thing there's been a me. lot of stories that have been that have come out since then that are trying to make that true. Yes. That's where I'm yeah, going. You start, go you start with a conclusion, yes. and then you try to find evidence to back it up, which yep. is not the way you do anything. There's no pattern. There's no nothing. But the thing that's amazing to me is that there's this idea now in society. We've, 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 we've begun this discussion as if racism and bigotry are subtle. They have never been subtle. Oh yeah. There's no you when you meet somebody who actually has racist tendencies, who actually has bigotry as a part of their their ethos, as a part of their 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 core beliefs, you know they will tell you in no uncertain terms. And it will and it would and not if they matter. They'll tell you right away, just put them in a situation where there are people of races they don't like. They're it's coming right out yeah, of their mouth. Absolutely. Immediately. And not only that, but not only is it not subtle, is it doesn't want to be hidden either. Yeah. Like there's not this conspiracy that well the only way we can stay in power is if we don't reveal these things, and then we'll just make policy or do it. No, that's not how it works. That's not yeah. how it's ever worked. You run on a bold, horrible uh, ideology, and whether or not people back you, that is what gets you where you want to be, and that's the policy that you're trying to put forward. There's no like secret. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a wink, wink, nod, nod. We know what we're talking about, and this is how... It's just not a thing. It's just not. And it never has been. Oh, and that drives <laughs> me nuts. That drives me crazy. And and for those of you that, that think so, I mean, Robert Byrd was a grand wizard of the KKK at one point mm-hmm. and became a Democrat senator. Yeah. Uh, granted, it was West Virginia, but yeah. I mean... One of the one of the one of my favorite things that I've ever heard was was that no no Republican has ever owned a slave like ever owned a slave back in the day when when slavery was legal. Oh, and I heard somebody stand up in this this deal and say, well, you know, Grant owned a slave at one point. And then the guy retorted, yeah, but when Grant owned a slave, he was a Democrat. <laughs> it was before it was before he switched party affiliations and it was related to something with his wife. It was it was a whole different thing. But it's that's an odd truth. But again, you would never know that. It's amazing the things that people don't understand about where political parties have actually been, what they've come from, and what their actual history is. Yeah. Um and there's been an intentionality to try to to try to change that narrative. So um I'm I when this whole blackface thing came out with uh the governor of Virginia, uh there was I think it was I think it was CNN I'm almost positive with CNN ran a graphic that he was a Republican. They oh, had yeah. the R by his name, yep. which of course they they quickly retracted. I mean, it was a mistake, but there was assumption behind that mistake. Um, I saw things where um, uh, who was the guy Wallace uh, from uh, back in the '60s that was the had the big famous quote: "Segregation now, segregation forever." Like yeah. that segregation then, segregation now, segregation forever. Um, I saw some old footage of him. Uh, on on a on a more left leaning, I think it was on MSNBC, and they were they were crediting him as a Republican, which he was always a Democrat. He was never a Republican, and so again, it's it's creating a narrative because it's what you want to be true. Now you can't look back at history; history doesn't back your narrative. So you tell a different tale in order to try to make what you want to be true true. Yeah, George Wallace's inaugural yeah, George Wallace. a- address as governor of Alabama. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he was a Democrat whole time, whole time a Democrat. And again, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the Democratic Party is inherently evil. What I'm saying is that history is history, and you can't just revise it or put it through a modern lens. Yeah, that was 1963, yeah. right in the middle of the civil rights. Exactly, movement. and he was, and he ran for president. Yeah, on that, on that, 
platform of of segregation. And then I think he got shot. He didn't die, but he did get shot. I'm I'm like nine paragraphs deep into the Wikipedia page, and I can't find what party he was. It'd probably be at the beginning. Ah, uh, prior to his first campaign for governor, George Wallace, with a D behind his name. Yeah. It doesn't mention the word Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's it's just this idea that we have to we have to revise history to fit our narrative. No, we let history stand. That's one of the important things about talking about the sins of America in the past, the horrible yeah. things like slavery. We need to remember what we've done and how we've overcome some of those things. Yeah. And we need to be able to look back at them and say, you know what? These were these were things that should never have existed, but we've moved past them and moved beyond them. But you can't look back and 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 just rewrite history and edit it just because you want a narrative to be a particular thing. It's it's obviously dishonest, but more than that, it's 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 dishonest to yourself. It's not just misleading. It's 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 I think a piece of your humanity dies when you do something like that. There there's two there's two efforts going on. One is to reach back and rewrite history like that. Yeah. And and the whole like well, at some point they switch parties, you know, like the the Democrats became Republicans, Republicans <clears throat> became Democrats. Not true. Robert Byrd served deep into the nineties. Uh, was it two thousand before he finally? It was left? somewhere. It was, it was somewhere in the two thousands yeah. before he even stepped even stepped out of politics. Yeah. like that was a Democrat KKK Grand Wizard. Yep, serving in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, like, and I, I, I and I'm perfectly. What, I am perfectly willing to say that he might have changed over the years. I know George Wallace had a big change of heart in yeah. his later years, and 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 completely changed his 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 ways and his thinking in that realm. It, that's possible. That's possible for somebody to have a change of heart and something to change in them. We see it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Most notably, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> But but no, there's there's two efforts: one to reach back, one one to also go forward. So from the comment of like the the hat becoming the hood thing, yeah, it's like now there's a genuine appetite in the media and on social media for any story that would support that. Right? Can we find the instance of a racist, a real live? Rabid racist wearing a mega hat. That yeah. would be perfect if we could somehow find that. And that's what C.S. Lewis is talking about. Right. Listen, you cannot you cannot hear an awful report like that and then go and then hear something that's well maybe it wasn't quite like that and then feel that disappointment. Yeah. Because then you know that your only motivation for lapping up that news story was hatred of your opponent. The underlying assumption is hatred for Republicans or hatred for Trump or hatred for something else yeah. for, for your opponent. So if your underlying motive is hatred, nothing good can come from it. Yeah. So one of the stories that springs quickly to mind would be Jesse Smollett. That's something yeah. that's coming out right now. And it's not totally reached its conclusion, Yeah. but there were a lot of inconsistencies when the story first came out. First of all, the story that he put forward to the Chicago PD is that he was Walking down a street alone, yeah, in two Chicago. Guys, two in in the two early morning, in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. Two guys wearing mega hats and ski masks and ski masks. Yeah, and that that was a real question. Did they put the ski masks over the mega hats? And then no, that doesn't fit. So you wore. <laughs> 
the ski mask under the hats. Then you unzip the hat to make them large enough to go over your ski mask in. Like, how big were those hats in the back? If they're a snapback, that's getting out there. Right. Anyway, then they put those on, and then they recognized him from Empire. Which we know so many racist white dudes watch. Racist white dudes that live in Chicago or that hang out in Chicago at one in the morning watch Empire. Yeah. And they would immediately recognize an actor like that. And know that he's gay. Oh, yeah. And know that he's gay. Yeah. I didn't know that he was gay until I didn't even know who thing. he was until this became a thing. I'd, I've only seen commercials for Empire. I've never watched it. And they happened to have a noose and a bottle of bleach when they just bumped well, they into him. They were stalking him. Apparently. That's what he was trying which to Which he say. just woke up in the middle of the night and was hungry and went to Subway. Yes. And they were waiting for him. I know I always think of Subway at 2 in the morning. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Actually, yeah. when I leave from recording the podcast, what I most often think of is Taco, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's where everybody's going at two in the morning. Right. Nobody is going Nobody's to going a subway. To subway. But here's here's one of the is interesting there things too. That are open at two in the morning. In and Chicago, would you want that meat? No, nobody wants that meat. Would you want that lettuce? Nobody wants that. No. Any of that. Nobody wants it. I went to Subway the other day, and it was vastly disappointing. I was very sad the entire well, time I, I ate it. It was I mostly love bread. Subway. Yeah, but the the sandwich I got was not. They did not do a good job. But your, your sandwich artist the other thing did that's not weird, do a great job. Yeah, well, let's not even talk about that. <laughs> They're a sandwich artist. The other thing that was bizarre is he was out of view of the camera of cameras because there's lots of street cams in uh, Chicago. He was out of the view of the cameras between 60 and 90 seconds when all of this happened. And when he suddenly came back into well, view... The, the MAGA guys were familiar with Chicago. They knew where all the apparently, cameras were. Apparently, yeah. But... When he came when he came back through and got back into the video camera, he had a noose on his neck. He was still carrying his Subway sandwich, which you know after you get attacked by somebody, the first thing you're going to do is keep a death grip on that Subway sandwich. There's just so much of it that anything else aside, to, so many things that just don't fit. Like they yeah. just – and to react, the very first reaction would be, yes, this is confirmation for what we know to be true even though we don't see it happen – and is, were, is shows how intellectually dishonest both media and politicians are, and celebrities was, even, who are jumping all over. about that was not only the eagerness to believe this story. I understand believing a victim, and I'm yeah. glad the police investigated. If there's an allegation like that, we should investigate. No That's doubt. That's what a just society does. Absolutely. Like, hey, I was beat up by people that were racist. Let's go find them. Yeah. Can you tell me something about them? Let's go find them. You yeah. know? And that was the whole goal. But what I don't like is the rush to judgment by everybody and saying all the things that were said by every single uh, Democratic candidate for president that are coming out and saying, you know, you we believe him. This is what happened. This is exactly what happened. And anybody that says different. Right. See, here's here's yeah. what Alyssa Milano was talking about. And it goes with. And what it goes to is, this is what America is. This is what we know America to yeah. be, even though we don't have any evidence. We're better to back than it this. Yes, we actually we are actually better are better than this. Than this. Yes, <laughs> and that's what people can't believe is that people are better than this. A large majority of people, most people, I I can't even how how big of a number. Somebody who gave me the number the other day of how many people are in the actual KKK, and it's like it's pathetically small. Tens of thousands but not more than a hundred yeah yeah it's really small if you spread those people out like there's probably more people that 
have created their own religion in the last yeah. year than yeah. <laughs> current KKK. Well, members. and again, that's the thing that that's the thing that blows my mind because we look back at and we've talked about this before, but if you look back at the eighties and nineties, we were in a whole different place with all of this. I mean, the most famous musician in the world was Michael Jackson. The most famous and and talked about late night show host other than Johnny Carson was Arsenio Hall. Yeah, the most famous family on TV were the Cosbys. Yeah, like there was just this ma- people did not care. Oprah was was high on the rise, you know, and, and becoming a huge thing. My family's been watching Family Matters. Like, yeah, we've been we've been going back through that now, on Hulu. Now it's the fantastic. only the only reason I bring that up is because what we were seeing and what people were flocking to in terms of entertainment is indicative of what their impression is of somebody. We were seeing we were seeing black people who were massively influential, who were considered the great American families, who were considered affluent and, and educated, and that we looked at and thought, those are that is us. I never watched an episode of the Cosby show as a kid and thought, look, it's a family of black people. I was like, no, it's the Cosbys. They're awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. And I never, I never saw anything else other than these are people who live in New York and they're doing this thing. Yeah. Ever. And and only later do you start to, I mean, I'm trying to figure like where was this line? And we talked about it before. I feel like part of the line happened um, over uh, over the um, Rodney King incident and the O.J. Simpson trial. I think both of those things were so polarizing and yep. changed a lot of narratives. But but from that point on, you started to see this push. It's like no no no, America is still this. America hasn't grown beyond this. America hasn't. And I'm like. There is so much evidence to prove you otherwise. Yeah, there are still people who are tools in the U.S., just like there are anywhere else. But by and large, as a whole, in terms of law, in terms of, in terms of opportunity, in ter- like it's just not. It's not. It's not the same as it once was yeah, at all. It's not as bad as you would as you would want to think that it is. And we, yeah. we did that whole episode on how right. things are better than than you might perceive. Right. But um, what I didn't like is that we're prominent black figures on Twitter were getting criticized roundly for not coming out in support of yeah, for Jesse not even Smollett. for just not and, saying and anything. Like, You've been really silent Quiet. on this yeah. issue, oh, blah, blah, man. blah. And they're like, um, we don't know enough to comment on it. Right. Like, you know, and, and, and there were people that were being like visibly hateful towards prominent politicians, pro- other yeah. prominent figures in the news and and celebrities and saying you have to give a comment on this. Yeah. You, you should come out and support this. This is this is exactly what we're talking about. And yeah. They're like it might not be. I right. I don't know. And that's the thing is this has so little even to though, do. Even though those people would have supported the cause that you're talking about. Yeah. You know there there were celebrities that supported anything that has to do with the with the social justice issues with on the Democrat side or any any of the. Democrat Party platforms they were on board with and they were getting drugged through the mud because they didn't Yeah. They didn't rush to yeah. judgment with everyone else. And that's the thing. It's not so much of this discussion has absolutely nothing to do with race. People are trying to say because he's black and because he's gay is the only people that reason people are questioning this. No, it's because it sounded suspicious to start. It was it was too perfect in terms of what the media narrative is constantly trying to be. Yeah. And we've seen no evidence so far. 
Well, we, there's this, been no this evidence. Happened just a couple of weeks ago, with right? The, with the and the it kid, could all the kids from the Catholic yeah, high school. That was a whole thing and too. They, they were trying to put someone in a mega hat across from someone of color and say, "Look, look at him being so racist." Right. Until the whole video was released, and then everybody has to apologize. Right. Except they don't. Except they didn't want to. Because what they'll say is, well, this incident may not have been that, but the the essence behind what we were saying is actually true. No, because you're not producing any evidence to prove that. And again, this has nothing to do with race. This has everything to do with evidence, and this has everything to do with actual due process in anything. You know, jumping to any conclusion is stupid. It is foolish. Yeah. Nobody wins. Nobody wins when you jump to conclusions on anything. And I'm just so sick of this, let's all rush to judgment and then back up. No, no, no. Let's wait. Let's wait 48 hours. Let's wait. And again, this could all blow up, blow up tomorrow, and it could all be proven true, and I would accept it as truth. If there, they could show true evidence that it happened, and I can see some facts that are proving it, I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll take that. There it is. I'm not wild about hate crime legislation because I, I like a just society that says crime is crime. Yes. Like, uh well, that guy robbed that other guy's house, but he didn't hate him. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, he murdered he murdered this other guy in cold blood, but yeah. he didn't hate him. So yeah. that's not as bad. Right. If he hated him. Wait. So so the guy that just shot up his workplace because he was getting fired, that's not going to go down as a hate crime. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's because not it's not even definitive. though he killed people of color. Yeah. It's not going to go down as a hate crime because he hated them because they were firing him, right? not because of something else. I know. I understand the goal is to put racists in jail, but hey, if they murdered somebody, they're going to jail but, anyway. They're yeah, not but, more but in jail. But that's the thing. They're not going to jail because they're a racist. They're going to jail because they killed somebody. Exactly. Racism in and of itself is an issue of the heart. It has nothing to do with it, anything that can be legislated. It never has. thought crime. Yes. And most people who are racist have really screwed up reasons that they think that way. And they have bad judgment, and eventually they'll probably commit a crime that you can probably put them in jail well, for. And that's the thing too, is like there are there are different types of racism. There there's there's you know, do you call if you call a girl who who was who happened to be raped by somebody who was black or somebody who was Hispanic and suddenly she's afraid of Hispanic men all all the way around or or black men all the way around because it literally triggers her memory of being raped. Yes, that is racial. That is racial, but there's also That's prejudice. There's also situational things that have played into that. That's not just I'm deciding I'm better than these people. There's there are different different tiers of that, and you know it's funny. I've I've known people who who have dear friends who are who are uh, are literally from Africa. They interact with them. They have them in their home. There's there's no view of any racial issue there. But if you put them in a situation where they were having to to face, you know, 17, 18 year old, uh, black people who lived in an urban environment, they would be scared to death and they would be called by American standards racist. But I'm like, man, but that doesn't match. They've got family who are like, and so there's, there's so much more that goes into it. It's not just a rubber stamp. Um, anyway, yeah. anyway, that's a whole nother, I, whole nother I topic. I think that people want to believe things that aren't true about their opponents. I, I think that one of the things that people wanted to believe about Barack Obama was that he was born in Kenya. Yeah. That didn't turn out to be totally true. Like, yeah. he, there were a lot of things about his background that weren't, you know, he had real no clear. That was the weird like, part. 
What's that? He had no background. That was the weird part. Well, he's born in Hawaii and then he went to Indonesia and yeah. a lot of things like that. And and it would have been better for their story had they focused more on his time in Indonesia and said, hey, what was, what, what was your family dynamic like? What were you taught in the schools in Indonesia? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that might have fed more into their... Yeah, into the the rush to judgment, but to jump immediately to Kenya was probably a reach. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and and they wanted so badly. Everyone wanted so badly for that story to be true. Yeah, there were because a lot then because then he wouldn't be a citizen or something. And I'm like, um, except he has citizenship, right? Like you can't just the whole thirst was for to prove that he wasn't a citizen then to disprove his presidency and then that would immediately overturn all the laws right no 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 that right. is not how the country works right not you, at all you can't you can't just believe that theory because you like it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and that turned out not to be true and i think a lot of a, a lot of conservatives wish that liberals or people on the left were just stupid or blind robots like every like all your right-wing media will tell you oh they just are in lockstep and blah blah blah. most people on the left when you get to talking to them are very compassionate people Mm -hmm. and they 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 have a compassionate bent that is less concerned with you know okay uh financial budget for instance yeah there's two different people in 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 a most marriages. One is usually somewhat of a nerd <laughs> that believes in the budget and the money coming in has right. to be more than the money going out in order right. for this family to get ahead. And the other one's very concerned with, well, how does that make me feel when I want <laughs> to spend money on something and I feel like this is being bad? You know, and so it really is just two different personality types and sometimes it shows up in different ways. Yeah. The desire is to be compassionate as opposed to being, you know, a strict budgetarian or a strict moralist or a strict, you know, conservatives are more, you know, believing in the things of free markets and letting the market decide and leaving things up to the market. And yeah, it produces some bad things, but we feel like we can live with that because with all the good that it produces. Right. And then on the left, it's like, no, any bad product of this needs to be fixed. That means there's something wrong with it. We have to fix the whole thing, and we're going to keep working at it until it's fixed. Yeah. And, you know, I get all of that. That's two really good motivations, and and they just go in opposite directions. So we can't always point at the other side and say, all of them are mind-numb robots, or right. all of them are have evil intentions, or right. all of them want to kill children. If you're, if they're pro-choice, no, that's not, that's not the case. I think a lot of conservatives wish that the abortion issue wasn't so messy. Mm. They wish it was more cut and dried. Yeah. Like a life is a life. And if you take a life, that's bad. And if you take a life, you're a murderer, then you should go to jail. It's not that clean. Yeah. Like (laughs) who is taking the life? That's the first thing to say, you know, and it's like, and what constitutes life. And, and then you raise all these questions and it gets a lot. And it's like, no, 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 it needs to be much simpler. Right. And you wish that it was simple, but the people on the pro-choice side are saying, listen, you, you are accusing me of being a baby killer. I just think you're using the wrong words to describe what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, totally. We, like, Oftentimes we want to believe the worst about our opponents. And I, 
I hesitate to say this, but I think the guy from Virginia, the governor of Virginia, when he said what he said about babies that were born alive, that survived an abortion, and he got into a gray area there of whether or not it would still be okay to let them die or to take a life afterward or whatever. I think he either misspoke and that revealed something that he truly thought uh-huh. like, yes, they should be allowed to take a life after it's born yeah. or let something die, let a baby die that survived an abortion. Either he, either he misspoke and it belied a, a true thought in his mind or he misspoke and had a clumsy use of language yeah. to describe thing, what he was actually that talking that, about. Is that but, from a political standpoint, the issue of abortion, when it becomes a political grandstanding moment and a political stance that gets you votes, that that's what you're trying to do. Because let's be honest, I would say the majority of politicians who are pro-choice or even pro-life in po- politics, it has nothing to do with necessarily any motivation beyond that is what their base expects them to be. And that's how they're going to get votes. But I also think that if you go on long enough dehumanizing somebody, whether that's another race or whether that's an unborn child, you eventually come to that place, whether you realize it or intend it or not. You are going to come to a place where that life is completely devalued because you have dehumanized it to that point. Yep. And and you saw that with with black people during slavery. You saw that, um, you know, you you name you name genocidal situations, whether that was, you know, you know, Jews in Nazi Germany or 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 you know, um, you know, again, any any genocidal situation. That's what they've so dehumanized the other side that it suddenly becomes okay to terminate them in any way possible. And it's not taking a life. It's not committing a crime. And again, that's where one of those things you want it to be true. You know, and so you convince yourself to the point that it doesn't matter anymore. And and to quote C.S. Lewis, I told you this this morning when we were talking a little bit about this. He has a, a quote from one of his books is uh, where he says that uh, it's actually one of his children's books, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, but he says the the problem with trying to make yourself stupider than you actually are is that you most often succeed. And and I think that that problem with language is also dangerous with calling people on the right Nazis. Yeah. We got to be careful with saying that the MAGA hat equals the KKK yeah. hood because the next step from calling them uh, KKK is to call them Nazis right. or fascists. And then you get then you get the anti-fascists that for years we've been playing video games that you can just kill Nazis. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, Cas- Castle Wolfenstein, let's go right. in and you blow up and you shoot all the Nazis and, and you take them out. Any video game in the 90s and into 2000s, you're allowed to kill Nazis no matter what. If, yeah. you, if you call someone a Nazi, you can kill them. Yeah. And I, I hate arguments that go back to Nazi Germany. I yeah. hate all of them because it's not, it's not a good argument. No. But that's why we should stay away from dangerous language like that. Right. To just call people that voted Republican or call people that have conservative leanings or even call people that are libertarian, which is especially bizarre to call them Nazis. Yeah. It's bad because it allows you to dehumanize your opponent and say, okay, violence against them is okay. It allows you, they, they are Nazis. It allows you you to do exactly what it allows. You're never going to run into an actual factual Nazi. You just aren't. (laughs) It allows you to do exactly what the Nazis did to the Jews 
in Nazi Germany. Blame they them labeled them, the they stereotyped them, they blamed yeah. them for the ills, they called them evil, and eventually everybody was okay with just seeing them disappear. They didn't want to know what was happening to them, they didn't ask, the common German didn't ask, all they knew was so-and-so was gone, I don't have to compete with their business anymore, suddenly we've got more money in the municipal coffers, and they're just gone. They've been deported, Like, and that was the thing. Most people think of, of Nazi Germany as in Germany as the whole as this entirely evil place. And it wasn't. It was people who just decided that they weren't going to ask questions anymore. They oh, they, yeah. they saw was, they saw people there was around them. Extreme evil happening, yeah, but they saw people around them and they were just silent. They saw people around them disappearing and they convinced themselves that they were being deported. They convinced themselves that they were just being allowed to leave I think the country. Along the way, the the evil had to become very evident. No I doubt, mean, it, it had to be evident to no everyone. And that was one of the point, things. That was one of the things that's that happened. Not the way it started. Well, and that was one of the things that happened quite a bit um, when. When concentration camps were liberated, um, U.S. soldiers, particularly in British, would force local townspeople to bury the dead because they wanted them to see what had been done, what they had ignored, and just basically say, you're going to face this thing that you've chosen not to look at. Um, And it was devastating for a lot of them because even though they knew it, again... The problem with trying to make yourself stupider than you are is that you most often succeed. It's one of the reasons that I won't call people on the left Nazis. No. I'm not going to jump to that argument. That's crazy. Yeah. And and I don't want them calling me a Nazi either because it's like, hey, I don't want you to somehow dehumanize me to the point that you're like, oh, violence against them is okay. Yeah. And you remember like, back when it was funny, like the soup Nazi? Yeah. Like there was a time when this was funny. And Seinfeld made a joke about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But and now now it's become a real thing again. In the area of language. Yes. We're using we're using language that allows for certain things in people's minds. And it's a dangerous way to go down. Yeah. It's a subtle distinction that leads to a bad conclusion. Yeah. That's why we started out this podcast with the C. S. Lewis right. quote of think about the subtleties and the underlying motives of why you're saying what you're saying. Right. Truly think about it. Right. So what what would be your motive for saying that the MAGA hat is a KKK hood? What is your underlying motive? Because then you're going to want to believe any story that fits that narrative. Right. And you're going to be disappointed when that story doesn't turn out to right. be true. Right. In the same way, like be careful of your underlying hatred for Barack Obama that makes you disappointed when you find out he was actually born in Hawaii. Yeah. So if you're disappointed by that and you'd rather believe that he was Kenyan. Right. Think about why. Think about right. why why you believe those things. And 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 some people had dehumanized Obama to the place where it was sad. Yeah. Like they could not And it's like funny you'd enough have, you'd funny have enough. Christian people that would say the worst things about him and I'm like uh yeah, except you're under strict orders in the bible to respect authority yeah and that god has put him in place yeah as, well, and, as authority like he's he's a god-ordained authority and the way you talk about him matters right well and one of the funny things one of the funny things about obama and you're seeing the same thing with trump is that he was dehumanized in both directions yeah he was idolized by those who loved him to the point of him being like having almost godlike status in their eyes. I don't know how you could idolize Trump. I that doesn't that doesn't resonate with me at all, but, but there but, are people but for that some do. people it's not even that the, it's not that they idolize him in the same way. Like I can't I can't tell you the amount of times I I heard whether it was in interviews or even jokingly somebody would say, you know, I want to be the next Barack Obama. 
Yes. But they weren't saying, I want to be like him. Like, I want to be him. Like, that is, that is, that is what I want to be. You don't hear that with Trump. But what you get with Trump is people who are like, oh, he's the savior. He's the savior of America coming here to, to fix all the ills and change. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And that's the thing. This dehumanization happens in both directions. And it's problematic in both directions. Uh, because to the one end, you, you make somebody a target that you are no longer culpable of harming when you harm them. Like it's, it's, it's like, no, they're not even a person. It doesn't matter if I harm them. But then it goes the other direction and says, this person is infallible, can do no wrong. And so I will never believe anything wrong about them. Because, I mean, for crying out loud, all you have to so, look at is the fact that, that in a lot of ways, Trump and Obama's presidency are mirror images of each other in terms of actions that are being taken, in terms of executive, in terms of uh, expanding the executive branch, they are they did a lot of the same things. Except the one thing that I wish was true about Obama. Yes. That randomly happens to be true about Trump, is that I wish Obama had been a great peacemaker. I wish that he had actually stopped a lot of foreign conflicts. Yes. Instead of starting a yeah. few. I wish that he had stopped drone attacks overseas. I wish that he had pulled a bunch of troops home. I wish that all my friends that voted for him in order to get us out of war had yeah. got their wish. I yeah. wish that had been true. Right. He holds a Nobel Peace Prize and Trump never will. Yeah. But the one thing that's been true about Trump is he's actually pulling right. people out from from and the and all of a sudden the left gets really hawkish and they yeah. want us to be in armed conflict in a way that feels unnatural to me. I'm like, yeah. let's just agree that like peace might be better. Yeah, and that a, a a peaceful pathway in North Korea is preferable to war. Right, a, a peaceful pathway. That's why I don't like him escalating stuff with Iran. He is escalating stuff there, but it's only been sanctions, and Obama right. did that. Right. Like, I wish, I wish that Obama had been some of the things that people believed that he was. Yeah. I wished he had been a great unifier. Yeah. He had opportunities. Yeah. I I think if he had handled the the Obamacare fight in a different way, there was an opportunity there. Do you need to pause? No, I don't. Oh. Okay, sorry, there was a phone call. <laughs> yeah, we're good though. <laughs> All right. Good, I'm, though. I'm probably not going to be able to get into Carrie Thornley at all. No, we'll have, to do, we'll have to do that the next one because yes. this has taken a whole, a whole turn. Has it, but, but has again, it taken a whole hour? How I don't know. I have no idea how long we are into oh, this. Oh, the new setup is killing us. Yeah, <laughs> nothing looks the same. All right, so your action step this week, Nate asked me to always think about that, and I thought about it ahead of time. Your action step this week is to rate us on whatever platform you're on. I yes. know we've talked about it before, but it's super important. iTunes uh, is still the best place iTunes is the best place, place the, to iTunes give that rating, place. but anywhere you give that rating, it does we'll help. We'll take it. Yes, absolutely. We'll take it. Yep. And, and seriously, come back for another podcast. If this one made you mad, there's plenty of our other podcasts that won't make you mad. And, and we again, promise to be nice. Yeah. And, and talk to us about it. If there's someone here that makes you mad, you, you talk know what? To us we about might it. finally get our buddy Matt to give his rebuttal. Yes. We'll just give him this podcast to listen to. And maybe <laughs> we will convince him to come on and get his own mic over here to tell us why we're wrong. <laughs>
<laughs> that but seems no. like a great motivation. Seems like it. I'm not so sure. We'll have to see. About that. But yeah, seriously, we want like we always said that we want this to be a discussion. This is not even though we've got the yeah. mic, we we have opportunity, we have place and space to have these talks. And Sheldon and I are more than committed to the idea that if we ever be are proven wrong, we will get up and, yep. and admit it. We got if no problem with that. Prove us wrong. Hey, we have an email address posted everywhere. Hit yeah. us up on email. Say you want to come on the show. And we'll bring you on. Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk first, and then we'll we'll go there. Cause yeah. you know. But anyway, uh, I think we need to wrap it up anyway. So uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The things we say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.